I, Boba Fett, speaking as daimyo of the Tatooine territories, formerly held by Jabba the Hutt, do present the following offer. Everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Welcome, everybody, to Back in My Day. My name is David Petrangelo, and this week, the not-so-stereotypical millennials will be closing the book of Boba Fett. Chapter 7 just aired, and we're going to break it all down. We're going to talk about the series as a whole, where it's going, where it started, where it went, and uh, everything in between, if I didn't cover everything. I just said. Anyways, we'll see. All right. So Michael R. Power is usually the next guy that it, uh, that chimes in to say that he's on the episode. He is just finishing the episode as we hit record on this, on this Wednesday night after watching this. Um, but uh, this week, I'm lucky enough for now to be joined by two people. We're going to start with a regular. Ian Walter. And I believe Michael R. Power is on his way in like Han Solo at the end of Star Wars. Oh, Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. Even better. But until Mike gets here, our very special guest. So happy to have her back. It's been far too long. I think we had you on probably in the summer, I think it was, of, of right. 2021. Right. Yeah, something like that. It's way too long. Um, <laughs> welcome. What's going on, gang? I'm, I'm happy to be here. Can't wait to talk some more Star Wars with you. It has been too long. Very, very way too long. And I'm excited, man. This was a heck of a show. Got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Lauren Romo, so happy to have you. For anyone who doesn't know, where can they find your amazing podcast work? Yeah, uh, so you guys can follow me um, the, in on the Galactic Podcast. That's a Star Wars podcast that my cousin Andrea and I do. We're on Twitter at the Galactic Pod, and we are on all the major platforms: uh, Apple Pod, Google Play, Spotify, all the good stuff. So yeah, go listen to us and check us out. Yeah. Amazing. Such a great show. Um, even though oh, we you. have thank been you. talking about all these shows and movies and everything, um, mm-hmm. it's it's awesome to just to listen to you guys to you girls talk about uh talk about all the Star Wars stuff too. And it's it's great. It's such a good good listen. It's a it's a weekly listen for me, and uh we're so happy to have you back on the show. So oh, um, thank you. That means a lot. Appreciate that. Of course, of course. Let's uh let's dive right in. Uh we have a lot like like you guys both said, we have lots to dig into. Mm-hmm. Um for now, because we haven't had you on these uh, episodes leading up to the finale, Lauren, what mm-hmm. did you think of the first six episodes? And uh, briefly, what did you think of the finale as well? Yeah, so first six episodes were, they were good. I mean, it was good Star Wars. It was a really good character story for Boba Fett. And obviously within this book of Boba Fett, we got a couple interludes, I like to say, that were Mandalorian um centric a little bit which was cool i mean it it all kind of fits i mean if if you listen to kathleen kennedy like a couple of years now when they announced this stuff they did talk about how they were doing spinoffs and how these shows would connect and that's what they're doing for sure and, and this this series has proven that the first four episodes you know were obviously very boba boba centric very good. I liked the the backstories that we got. I liked the the flashbacks, the kind of weaving in and out of the timeline was really really cool. 
Um, I liked the mod squad. The shiny, uh, shiny bikes were cool to me. Some people did it, and that's cool. Like, hey, if you didn't, if it didn't drive with you, that's fine. And that's that's your that's your taste in Star Wars, and that's okay. Um, but obviously, these last two episodes have been, I think, spectacular. Um, you know, I I think when you have Mando enter the series, you kind of had to do focus on him because he's such an iconic character. I mean, Andrea talked about that in our uh, episode a couple days ago of how he is like an iconic character now. Like I was so excited when he walked through that butcher shop and just wrecked shop. Like I was just like, yep, he's back. Like, I can't wait. Who would have thought you'd be so excited to walk into the freezer of a butcher shop? Who would have thought that a butcher shop would get you so excited? (laughs) Right. It was crazy. But yeah, so the last episode uh, previously, episode six, you know, we see Ahsoka and Luke, and I've been wanting that for, like, years. It was something that I've, in my head, thought that it could have happened. And now that it is canon now, like, it just blows my mind that we had these two on the same screen. Like, it's just amazing to me. And the conversation they had, I'm like, can I get, like, two more hours of that? Like, I want to hear what the hell Ahsoka and Luke talked about the very first time they saw each other. Like, I want those details. So that was really cool. And then obviously we see baby Grogu and all that. Like, it's all all good stuff. The big reveal of last, you know, the previous episode was Cad Bane. As a huge animation fan, dude, that blew me away. He looked so good and even more menacing than he did in animation. You know, it was it was perfect. It was so good how the introduction was. And obviously with this episode, it's, you know, it, it all built built to this, you know, the fight for um, Mos Espa. And it was awesome. I mean, I wanted to see Boba on a Rancor. I got it. And more. <laughs> that was awesome. Like, that's, I got, you know, we got, you know, souped out uh, droid, you know, droid um, droids with the arrays on them. Like, they had a lot of cool stuff going on. And then obviously you get the CAD and Boba stuff. That's obviously if you're again a huge Clone Wars fan, it's a nice wrap up. You know, is he dead? Or is he alive? I think he's still alive. That's just me. Maybe we'll talk about that later. And then again, the very you know just a lot of action, action packed episode, which I loved. And then you know you see you know the wrap up of Boba and Fennec walking the streets. You know, kind of looking over the city that they have now you know taken and it's controlling now for the time being. And then, you know, we see Mando in Grogu and, you know, we see Grogu in that little, um, you know, souped out N one star fighter in like the, <laughs> in the back. And he wants to go fast. Like that was just like the cherry on top for me. I loved it. It was a really good episode. A lot of fun stuff to talk about for sure. Classic nice. Mando stuff. Classic <laughs> Mando stuff. <laughs> um, Ian, let's go to you next. All right. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's no secret during these sort of Patreon breakdowns uh, that I've been loving this series, and now we're sharing our thoughts on the finale with the world on the main feed here. Uh, In the Name of Honor, Chapter 7, I think it's a fitting, fitting title, and you know, right before we get the title card, it kind of sets the groundwork of what exactly we're trying to accomplish with this episode, and I think they did exactly that. And they sort of set our expectations. There's maybe one thing here or there that I was hoping for that 
uh, maybe missed the mark. But other than that, I really love this episode. And I thought the series wrapped uh, po- really positively for me overall as a whole. So, yeah, that's uh, that's sort of where I'm sitting at right now. I'll just briefly say that um, I thought the series overall was really fun. I liked how it did something different. Um, people could complain all they want. I don't really care. I had fun with it. I still think that episode two of this uh, series was better than most of what the Mandalorian had to offer. Honestly, I thought it was excellent and still my favorite of this whole series. Now that we've hit the finale, that episode two was just so well constructed um, and made us care for a character that we thought we didn't really care about as much or thought that we didn't really need to care about as much. So that's why I really appreciate it is because it really opened our eyes to who this guy is and where, and where he went Um, not just escaping the pit, but just what happened after and what it all meant and how it all played out. Um, The finale itself, I was a little bit disappointed, but I do think that the bombastic action moments, specifically the Rancor stuff was amazing. Um, I thought that's that was amazing. I, I will get into it too, but I thought it looked great. I thought it played out well. Um, and uh, overall, it was just a fun episode. And I think that's what you can ask for in a finale. You know, they were building up to this and that is exactly what they did. And it was a good 45 minutes of TV, I thought. So yeah, finale ended off well and it's going to take us to wherever this this souped up ship is is going, like, like you mentioned, Lauren. So um, Mike, Fresh off the heels of uh, of uh, hitting back on your TV when uh, when you finished it, uh, what'd you think of the finale? All right, do I sound okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. look like um, shit, but you sound great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that doesn't matter. <laughs> um, the finale, I thought I would describe it as big dumb fun, just a big dumb episode, but lots of fun and lots of wish fulfillment, uh, lots of pew pews. Most pew pews <laughs> per Star Wars per hour, I think. It was just pew, 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 pew the whole episode. Um, but yeah, you got to see so many cool things happen. Not as many cool things as we kind of theorized could possibly happen. Like we had some crazy ideas out there that they didn't go with. But uh, that's okay. Save it for another day. Get Darth Maul and Luke to fight each other next series. <laughs> and uh, just give us... Mike just swang for the fences, man. Yeah, swing away, man. Swing away. <laughs> we said it would be freaking cool. I was, so, yeah. I was very upset and was like ready to write off the episode when the X Wing came and Luke wasn't there because I was oh. like, it's coming true. What I said. Yeah, yeah, for a for a brief moment, and we'll get into it. Yeah, it was like, yeah. And um, I think the series as a whole is some solid mid tier mid tier Star Wars. I don't think it reaches the upper echelon of Mando which I think was the best thing since the original trilogy. But I think it's much better than, you know, like the prequels and stuff like that. So solid mid-tier. I really liked the, the two Mando episodes the best, unfortunately, in the Boba show. But hey, what are you going to do? That, the episode two, though, was also very good. Uh, and then the rest of it was kind of like mid-tier good. So yeah, but I think it was fun. I thought it was great, like, as a whole. I don't regret, regret it at all. And um, I liked the stinger at the end, actually. That was cool. And we kind of I know you too. did. I was wondering if you stuck yeah. around for that you're in your yeah. haste to get in here. I, the wife just called me as I was setting it up. Oh, there's an after credit scene. So I just ran up and saw it. And 
yeah, riding the Rancor was the cherry on top of the episode. Once that happened, it was like, I just had a smile on my face the whole time. And Listen, Mike, I want up. to ride it, and by, yes. I will ride it. <laughs> by the end of the series, I will ride yes. it. They really, they really set that up in our faces, you know what I mean? Like, they really, like, just basically looked at the audience and basically winked at us, and we're like, he's going to ride this thing. And he yeah, <laughs> imagine he didn't. We would have been so disappointed. So... It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. I, I will I have critiques of the show as a whole, uh, which is the plot of the show. I don't know if you want me to get, get into them now and maybe you guys can try to well, talk me out. Tell, yeah. Tell me yeah, why I'm wrong. Might as, but might as well uh, it as a whole and then with, we'll break it down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, lead with lead with your critique over the series as a whole. Because we were well, all like I was like, you know, boosting it. Yeah. So what what well holds the series back, I think, as a whole, as a whole piece of storytelling is I don't understand why it's so important that the spice not go through Tatooine. Like, like they need to explain, like, you know, you've seen this before in shows like the drugs or whatever, the, whatever the gang is doing to the town is ruining the town is ruining life for the people there. That never really comes across. I don't really know what the spice is. I don't know why it's bad for the spice to be traded through there. Like, if you're a city or your yeah. port, like you want goods to come and be traded through your port because that will bring jobs. And it's like, but obviously there's something with the spice, either it's a drug or I don't know, something like that, or the, they're, the pikes are kind of gangsters, but they never kind of really show them like yeah. roughing up locals or anyone addicted to the spice. And they never really show why Boba, like getting rid of them makes him a hero to the locals. Mm. I don't, I didn't really get that. And so I, that I have whole a take plot thread of the show of like, when it comes down to it, it's about him like sort of freeing this town of these gangsters who were running their drug trade through it. But like none of that really was spent a lot of time on that. And none of that really hit me at the end. They're like, like bowing at him. I was like, like, why are they better off? Like show has to tell me like, why are the people better off now that he's the leader? Right. That none of that ever came across to me at least. And why he so badly wants to be leading this, this town. Anyway. So none of that came across. So like, as a show about a guy who just take over town and rid the, the gangsters, like none of that really made sense. And that's really why the plot of the show was kind of like, yeah, but you know, it got a lot of dumb fun throughout the seven episodes. And that was how I described the last episode and probably the whole series as like dumb wish fulfillment fun, but Hey, what are you going to do? Star Wars. But not necessarily like dumb in a really negative way, right? Like it's just no, in a fun, in a good way. And like, uh, yeah. they, they were having fun, you know, they were like having fun with it. I, I'm with you on the dumb fun in the sense that I feel like if this is really just dumping your Star Wars action figures out on the floor and going to town, that's exactly the kind of fun I was having with this episode. Yeah. But I will say Especially when you start episode, to yeah. when you start to dig a little deeper, I, I I will say that I do think they've thought about the central themes of this series. I think that they have kind of kept it consistent in ways. And when when you talk about why the why of it all, yeah, they might not have shown you the menace of the pikes throughout the series that kind of held that off until the second, you know, the penultimate episode there where they showed you, okay, they are a ruthless threat and they are worrying about the spice. But, um, you know, with, with Boba in, in general, it's about, it's fully about his journey from the Sarlacc onward and the change he goes through from being just an action figure that we knew to be a badass killer to holding on to those roots and still being a ruthless killer, but also, growing into this uh person that cares about their tribe cares about their community their family if you will and in order to do that in order to accomplish 
you know, the victory on Tatooine, he has to lean into it fully, which I think he does throughout the series and in this episode. And he has to commit in a way that is like, you know, even even with his Fennec, Sh- Fennec Shand at his side and willing to go on this journey with him, she has her doubts. And it's not until she fully commits with him that they're able to really persevere and and conquer this almost overwhelming threat. Now, it doesn't seem overwhelming until the very end. And I'll, I'll, I will agree with you on that. But as far as the spice goes, it's like this was the old way. This was how Jabba ruled Tatooine. He allowed the spice to move through it. This is why the people were suppressed, like o- oppressed. But like, you know what I mean? It's like it's like you're not going to get any sort of change until you actually commit to a different way, a new way. This is the way. And we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, I see it more as like a character piece about Boba, which is fine. Which is it just the plot well, of I it think, all didn't stick. I think with that's me, that's, that's part of the point. Yeah. Um, what about you, Lauren? What, what do you think? Yeah, no, this is good discussion, guys. So I I would definitely I I definitely see where Mike's coming from because it is kind of like it's not very overtly stated as to why the need of the removal of spice in this particular syndicate is needed right it's not for sure i think you get hints of it though like for me like an example would be like when we meet the mod squad in that episode and obviously they're paying like 10 15 times what the water's worth to just have water so like the and the reason they're doing that is because obviously the guy that's selling it is inflating it because of the syndicate of the pikes and because they're running spice through here so it, it's not overtly like in our face, but there is it, it's hints of it, but it's not, again, it, it's not to the point where you think about it and you like, you put it all together until we maybe get to this last episode where it's like, oh, okay, they were like a ruthless kind of gang that, you know, we didn't really see until now. And obviously as being an animated fan, like, yeah, I was going to say that too. Like, I think you know That's you're aware of the Pike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As an animated fan, like, the Pikes are pretty ruthless as far as running Spice and doing what they need to do. I mean, obviously, in the last season of Clone Wars, Ahsoka is fighting them for, like, three episodes. And so you understand, again, if you have, sometimes if you have those contacts, you might, you know, you understand it. But again, the show didn't do a good job of, and I and I agree with Michael, like they didn't do a good job of, if you didn't know that, you might kind of question like why they need to be removed from Tatooine and why they're running Spice and everything like that. So it, yeah, it's one of those almost kind of, you have to be in, in the know, like the baseball know to like maybe pick up on that type of stuff. So, which again, that is one thing and I totally agree like with with Mike that it is a critique because they could have maybe did a better job presenting that in the show where again I think a lot of your general audience doesn't know you know like they're not a super nerd like we are and like maybe know all those references or like know who the Pikes were and know like what their connections are right right yeah Yeah, just a little bit of like this is what the spice does to people. And this is, if they weren't here, how prosperous we could be. Like I get, it, it's like a, it's sort of like a Western trope. It's like, there's this town and 100%, the, the, the gangsters yeah. have taken the right. town over. And but usually, you know, you see the people kind of down and out, you see them scared, but like none of that was ever shown here. And like, it seemed like their lives are, 
the same now. Like, I don't understand how their lives have changed now. The show never really explained that. But yeah, they're all bowing to him and thanking him. Like, it was such a big deal. It's like, okay, maybe, okay, I guess it's a good thing. But like, none of that came across before. And so when they're fighting each other, I'm just like, what is the point of all this fighting? You know what I mean? It's like, it's right, cool to right. see, but like, uh, it's like, like, it's like a turf war kind of thing. But anyways, it was- well, uh, We're going to go through the beats, yeah. but even that moment where the other families are kind of like left stranded by the pikes and they're like, well, what do you mean? We we just got in bed with you. They know, they that is not a family. That is not something where the pikes give any damn about those three crime families. And therefore that's the other side of it. Like, you're not going to be able to hold on to anything under this new regime because you're not part of Boba Fett's family, essentially is what it comes down to, right? But let's uh, let's dive into the episode, I guess. Um, because where I was going to say, you know, and those are those are definitely valid critiques on, on the series as a whole, where I was going to say my things where I got hung up on was while I was watching, and it'll probably disappear over time as I rewatch it, was... This opening sequence was so great that once we get to the title card, I really thought it was going to go some places that it didn't end up going, and, and I'll explain myself. But basically, what we're doing here is uh, it's Boba Fett and Fennec Shand, and we've just come off the heels of a pike attack, and they've blown up the sanctuary, which I never really framed it until I saw this shot, how it really was the center of most Espa. It was like this sort of symbol of prosperity in this new post-Empire age on Tatooine. It was like, we can all get along here at the Sanctuary, and they blew it up. And now Boba Fett and Fennec Shand are sort of figuring out what the next move is, and they've got their Gatra with them. They've got, you know, Chrysanthemum, and they've got... Well, sorry, first Din shows up, which, of course, you know, this is what the last two episodes were about, is bringing it all together. And now we have Din Djarin Djarin and, uh, you know, Chrysanthemum and the, the mods everyone's together and they're trying to figure out what the next move is. And it's actually Scad's idea. Like we, like, cause Boba just wants to go to the palace and hunker down. Um, and I understand that move because that's his place of power. Scad goes, well, you know, this is really about defending most Espa. So we should stay right here in the sanctuary in the ruins and figure that out. So and, before and we sort get- of, to me, that reads as like an image thing too, right? It's like, if you care about these people and you want them to know that as well, you have to be among them and defend them on the ground, so to speak. Right. Cause if you, she, yeah. I think she says specifically, if you retreat to where, I don't know if she, I can't remember exactly what she said, yeah. but if you retreat, then it feels like you're removing yourself from what's going on. Um, that's right even though you're safe you can, you can go hide in your palace but then you're that's forsaking right. all of this and yeah. what is this really all about so yeah. so i thought that was really good and as we move to the title card which is chapter seven in the name of honor um this was after there was a scene right with uh cad bane and the pikes right before we go to the title card so this was interesting because you know we know what the heroes or the heroes of the story are trying to do they're trying to liberate tatooine from this pike threat now we have a new angle where Cad Bane, you know, we thought, okay, we definitely, I suspected the Pikes were behind the the slaughtering of the Tuscan Raiders. Mm-hmm. The Tuscan yeah, you, you pinpointed that early. <laughs> um, but there was speculation, like, was Cad Bane involved in all that? We're actually finding out that this is news to him as well. Yeah. And the great thing about Cad Bane, and I know this is, again, it, it all ties into... It's way more uh, fulfilling if you have prior knowledge of Cad Bane, but the fact that he's going to now use this to his advantage in his little battle uh, against 
Boba Fett, the fact that he's going to use this to twist like Boba Fett into maneuvering the way Cad Bane wants him to maneuver. And he thinks like Cad, like Boba Fett, he he's pegged him as the same old Boba Fett. That's just like the ruthless mercenary that, you know, so he's having a conversation with the Pikes. He's realizing that this is a vulnerability. Cad Bane sees um, Boba Fett's new allegiance to family as a weakness. And so they've set those stakes early on before the title card. And this is where, right as it goes to the title, I'm going, okay, Cad Bane, this is our moment. We're going to get a flashback that's going to tie a lot of this together. And honestly, that is my where Mike's was like, we didn't get a lot on the pikes and the, the spice of it all. Mine was, I would love to see this sort of elusive history between Cad Bane and Boba Fett that has kind of been teased at like unreleased Clone Wars footage and this and that. And it's this idea and it is set up in the way that in the penultimate episode, Cad Bane tells Cobb Vanth he's a ruthless killer who worked for the Empire. But we don't know what their explicit history is as far as live action goes, as far as all this other stuff. So that's where I'm going. That's where I wish we had gotten just a little bit of like either Django and Cad Bane or Cad Bane and young Boba uh, sort of mixing it up to the, to the point where by the time we get to the end and they're, you know, exploring this idea of like, this is my final lesson. We would have actually seen a, a little bit of history between them two. I, I think that would have really pulled it all together. And, you know, it's a star Wars, so we're going to get something, you know, it's going to be expanded on eventually. Hopefully we'll get something like that eventually. So It'll be awesome when, if and when we get it. But you know, I, I that would have been my even... one want for this episode was a yeah. flashback because the format had taught us that there's going to be flashbacks. And even though they started to stray from it, there was an actual flashback in all of the previous six episodes. So yeah. to have a little bit of a flashback in this one would have made it that's a almost really, perfect for me. That's a really good point because they do mention when they have their standoff at the end of the episode, they do hint at having a history. You know, oh, you're an old man now. You know, like as if you know, they've commented mm, on sure. something like that before that across, in the yeah. past. Yeah, exactly. I was actually thinking, cause I kept wanting the Tuscans to come back. I kept wanting that, that warrior fighter yeah, Tuscan to come back. I thought that him saying, I'm going to use this to my advantage was like him. I don't know, bringing her, uh, what's the, what's the stick called again? Oh my God. The gaffy, the gaffy, gaffy yeah. stick or like, her body or her robe or something and using that as the key to sort of see if they can, he can throw him off Boba's game. Maybe not necessarily that she's going to show up, but just the fact that like he can go back and say like, look, although he wasn't involved in it. So maybe I'm stretching a bit, but I just, I wanted her to come back so bad and just beat the living shit out of someone like that. I wanted that in this show so bad because she was so badass. For an episode and a half and such a surprise because we've never seen them sort of work that way. That's what another reason why I really love episode two. Um, it was like she was my she was one of my favorite parts, you know, technically, technically no words were spoken by this character, but I felt like I needed to see more from her. And sadly, yeah. it seems like she is one of the ones that that died with with the rest of the of the crew. But you never know. Like like we say with everything. TBD. I have like a question. If it happens or, off screen, uh, you never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah she can <laughs> exactly. come back. Yeah, I have a question for like uh, Lauren or Ian, the people who know the the Star Wars better than than me. 
Cad Bane, what is it in it for him to be? I thought he is a, a bounty hunter. That's my understanding. Whereas this doesn't really seem like the job of seems bounty personal, hunter. Is, right? Is he is he also just kind of like hired muscle as well as a bounty hunter kind of thing, or is this a, a weird sort of job for him to take? Maybe a mix of both. I mean, he definitely is in it for the money because obviously the Pikes are paying him to be mm-hmm. the like making sure the muscle, like you said, Michael, and making sure the spice runs through. So probably a mix of both, but I definitely think it's more of it's a job for him. It's not like he because he's never ever sides like one way or the other in any of his like dealings. Like if you watched, if you watch, you know, if you in the Clone Wars. I mean, he helps all kinds of people and like it doesn't matter to him. It's a job. It's money. He does what he has to do. And and he has survived, I think, because of, you know, what he has done for sure. You know, one of the cool things I love, like the 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 tubing that he has. Yeah. You know, he has it because Jedi, you know, obviously, if he does get in like a tussle with the Jedi, which he has before. Like when they try to force choke him, they can't because of the tubing and stuff. Like that protects him. So like he's a very what? smart That's cool. guy. Yeah. yeah, like he's super smart. So like he knows like people's angles. And that's why I thought really interesting too. I know this is maybe like a, a huge jump forward, but like their conversation of like how he asked Boba, like, what's your angle? Because that's yeah. what he could always figure out is people's like angles. Like this is the one thing he doesn't understand because he exactly. thinks he knows Boba inside and out. And that's kind of where I'm thinking that He's like, like me. He doesn't know surface... that... <laughs> same questions I do. <laughs> Nobody knows why like he know like how he knows Boba and why. Mm-hmm. And so for me it's like I think okay, whether or not you agree with this, Django Fett is basically raised up to this high standard of the number one bounty hunter in the star Wars galaxy. Right. So a second Mace Windu takes him out. Cad Bane is number one because he's the fastest gunslinger in the galaxy. And he has had history with Django Fett. So there's a lot of that. That's never explored in the series, obviously, but the fact that there's a history with the son of Django and the number one bounty hunter. And I think uh, in this sort of unreleased, uh, there was going to be a, a, a sequence with um, Cad Bane and uh, Boba Fett where Boba Fett bests Cad Bane, basically taking place as the number one bounty hunter in the galaxy. This is all stuff that has obviously never been explored, especially in live action. So it's kind of hard when you put it in that context. But if that is the what we have to go on, then basically it's like Cad Bane thinks he knows Boba inside and out, and this is the one time where like Boba's going to surprise him because Boba's had some growth that Cad Bane was unaware of that uh, this journey that adds an element to his character that uh that can take Cad Bane by surprise basically is what it is. Yeah, so, I like yeah. one of so, those unreleased episodes is where the dent comes from Boba's helmet. Yeah, exactly. That's in that unreleased episode like oh, Cad Bane was one from. that yeah, Cat Bane was the one that did that. I was hoping they were kind of maybe going to bring that oh, in. This that I would have loved. Like, I would have loved even the most maybe, like briefest of flashbacks. Exactly, it just a mention, been, or even just a mention. Everything. A mention yeah. of that fight like would have been mm-hmm. cool, but they didn't, nice. and that's fine. Like that, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. And so, so actually, it still worked. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. Right. And from this title, In the Name of Honor, we are now seeing the two sides kind of bolstering their, like, preparing for war. And we have Fett's uh, family, Gatra, kind of patrolling Mos Espo is a kind of cool sequence to see how they they really want to try and secure the city so that they're aware of any incoming threats. And they can kind of uh, adapt to whatever the Pikes play is going to be. And the Pikes are doing their own thing, planning to fight Fett. And this is where it kind of all starts to crumble, right? Because we have like Boba seems to be very confident in this treaty that he's already established with the three crime families. And we have uh, the mods patrolling one area. We have Kersantin. I love how they posted Kersantin, bad Santo in the middle of Trandoshan territory. Like that was no, like, oh, yeah. Why would you <laughs> but, that was right. the classic, right. like, okay, this, like, I'm not sure if this guy's going to be able to hold it together, but bad, like, Honestly, the Whopper, he was one of the highlights to this episode for me. Uh, yeah. I like the, all the stuff with BK was uh, was great. Um, so, so yeah, we have them sort of the setting the lay of the land here. And um, at uh, Peli Mato's hangar, which I've never been able to say her name until now, which is, um, you know, the, the mechanic in Mos Eisley, uh, she's got her hangar, and this is where the X-Wing comes in, and this is the moment that... Mike was referring to that I I lost my shit because I thought everything we've ever predicted yeah. on this show was going to come to pass. Um, yeah. Now, when yeah. you think about it, it makes more sense the way they went, right? But at the same time, like the X-Wing coming in, it's like trying to recreate the anticipation we had when we saw it coming in season two finale of The Mandalorian, right? So we think we're going to get this epic sort of arrival of Luke Skywalker coming back to his home world to defend it. Um, clearly, I think that would have been as as amazing as it would have been. It, it probably would have been a little too much for the series to handle. Um, I think in the penultimate episode, I had a bit of a sensory overload just from a thematic Star Wars experience, and then in this episode was more of a sensory overload of just straight action beats. Like mm. we're getting so much action, it's almost too much to handle. But so I, much PPS. Yeah, pew, pew. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the X-Men flies in and it turns out it's actually R2 who's kind of on autopilot with Grogu trying to bring him because the end of, um, you know, from the desert comes a stranger was this choice. Grogu's got to make a choice. Luke is giving him the choice. If you take Yoda's lightsaber, you're going to walk the way of the Jedi and, you know, I'll, I'll train you. And um, this is kind of, uh, you know, it's shades of Empire Strikes Back. Luke was training with Yoda, but then a second he caught wind of his friends were in danger, he followed his heart and he made the choice for better or for worse. He went to Bespin to rest, to help rescue his friends. And, you know, that all played out, but that's that was his choice. This is and he still became choice. a Jedi. He still became a Jedi, but that's that's mm-hmm. the so point. There's too. hope for there's no there's no one true path, right? And that is the thing. Mm-hmm. Like only Sith deals in absolutes, and you know Jedi have been at fault when when dealing in absolutes. They they think they know only one way is the true way, and now Grogu's made his choice. Could he, you know, embrace the Force? And you know there are there are many pathways to kind of. Heroism, or whatever you want to say, but he made his choice. He went with, followed his heart. He decided, I'm going to choose the chainmail, and I'm going to go back to Dinjarin. And this is where Wolf and Cub are reunited, and it's very heartwarming. And it hasn't happened yet, but you know 
this is what's going to. You know that it's coming, but we knew he was going to come back, and it's setting up the next season of Mandalorian, basically, which is fine because I did not want to watch a season of Mandalorian without Grogu and and Mando. I did not want that. So I'm imagine having to spend half a season trying to get him back. Yeah, exactly. Seems like a waste of this show. Yeah, yeah. I actually wanted that. I'll be honest. Like I wanted, I wanted to follow Mando in a personal journey of like discovery of who who he really is and like is he is he the mandalorian like does he really deserve the dark saber and like can he actually wield it and him going to mandalore and trying to find the waters under the uh hills or mountains or whatever uh the armor said in the previous to movie. be honest i still think we're gonna get left. that i just think oh, that yeah. grogu is gonna be at his yeah, side just, <laughs> right yeah. doing i kind like i actually would only makes it better really for me, <laughs> yeah for me i would have loved it if it wasn't like if if grogu did join him eventually but i would have loved a little bit of the start of it to be like his own that's just again that's just that's a personal fair. yeah yeah personal it's thing. it's totally fair and that, it's I gonna think be that's fun now regardless right like that's what i love about bryce bryce Dallas howard's episode is that oh, like she's the best honestly that episode from start to finish was so good and it really got gave us this din jarn that's very lost without grogu and he's almost regressive mm-hmm. and it's just like you know he's dealing with so many things and like and this idea that now he's back with Grogu, it's like, okay, now we're back on track. And that's how yeah. the way I feel 100%. about it. So no, you're like... right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the two episodes I loved this season was Steph Green's, as, which was episode two, and then Bryce Dale Sowers. Like those two, two women directed episodes. Yeah, those are definitely the two best episodes of my Absolutely. Yeah. 100% yeah. standouts. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I don't, well, okay. I won't say anything negative. All right, let's go on. <laughs> Not about them. I was going to be about the director of this episode, but I won't say it. <laughs> yeah. Robert Rodriguez? I'd say he directed the worst episodes of the season. So I agree. Well, I, I wouldn't <laughs> I agree. call I wouldn't call this episode the worst episode of the season. By no, far. it's not. So but like, the, the, I think this too, was yeah. his. Yeah. This was his second best episode of Star Wars. Let's put it that way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I agree with that. This is his but, best uh, in the series, I think. But yeah. Mm-hmm. The second best. Um, and I think a lot of that is like he was tasked with doing some of the laying the groundwork. We talk about table setting, like maybe it's not the most exciting stuff, but I think it really does sort of tie into what's going on in, in the last episode here. So it's, it's, it is kind of, it's that journey. And, you know, obviously we, we have stronger connection with the Mandalorian. So when we see him pop up, in uh, the return of the Mandalorian, we got really excited, and that was clearly a really well produced episode. And it's it's hard; it's apples and oranges at this point. It really is. So it's it's two completely different characters, and we care more about Din Djarin than we do about Boba Fett. So it's like that's just what it is for me, anyways. Uh, but yeah, so we go from sort of the return of Grogu here to uh, the sequence now with uh, Cad Bane confronting uh, Fett. Fennec Shand and uh, Din Djarin outside the sanctuary. And, you know, he's got the pikes to back him up. But this was an interesting moment because I think the old Boba Fett and certainly the old Shand, because Shand, um, yeah, certainly the old Shand would have just engaged in warfare and they probably would have died in glorious battle. So it's just like it's a moment of reflection. It's that like pause, adjust, adapt like Cad Bane wants you to engage. Can, is there a play where we can kind of 
uh, prolong this and and kind of turn it to our advantage. Well, and it shows you too that he's still sort of learning his position and all that because Fennec really is the tactician here, right? She steps in and says, "Wait for your moment. Don't let your you know you're emotional. It's it's an emotional decision that you're getting to." Like she really slows him down, and I do like how I I it's it's funny because it's it's not necessarily like I I questioned whether he was just going to lose his shit and start firing like i i believe that yeah i was like okay yeah she's, it's gonna work and he's gonna step back or whatever but i just like how he how he gets back into the boba fett position with his arm crossed again like that's how that's his signal of stopping is not like taking a like a physical step back it's him putting his hand back over his other hand and i just i like that because that's always been his stance and you recognize that that means he is there, he's still, and he's listening, you know? And I just, I like that little touch. That's a character move right there, even though it's super subtle and is like maybe a second and a half. You know, I, I just, I like that little touch that they added to there. And maybe it's nothing special. Maybe it doesn't stand out for a lot of people, but I like those little things like that that call back even to the original trilogy, really. Right. I like Fennec. Fennec's, you know, been kind of like Boba's, I don't want to say angel on the shoulder, but she has been that like kind of voice of reason, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She's been a very big part of like helping him obviously kind of discover himself in this role. Cause I think personally that she's obviously, she knows more about it than he does. And which sounds kind of weird to say, but in reality, like he, all he has ever done was doing bounties. It's not like he knew the ins and outs of Jabba's, you know, whole, empire so like and i feel like that she might know more about it just because of what she does she's more of an assassin she's more of you know things like that like i feel like she would probably know more so it makes sense like her telling him certain things throughout the se- uh throughout the series the season you know what you know what she is she's his jiminy cricket <laughs> oh, you're totally right though <laughs> I mean, it kinda, but also kind of works kind of works but i, I like uh, I like found- Jiminy, she knows what she is. Like she's she's yes. more she's more efficient at the stuff that she knows, but she doesn't have the sort of the 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 grand vision that that Boba Fett has of like where he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I find know. him I to be in the show a very like passive character. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's doing. People are always telling him what to do. He's not like the boss telling people what to do. Like he's always being told what to do. Like the biker girls, like you got to stay here. And Fennec's always like, not here. He's always just like taking everyone else's advice. And he's never like, I don't know. He's never like coming up with his own ideas, which I guess could be like a growth maybe by the character. And like admitting, you know, you know, you're not the smartest one in the room. And that's kind of the leader he's going to be, I guess. But yeah, I found him very, like a very passive character, even in his own story, which was kind of interesting. It kind of makes sense, though. I mean, it kind of makes sense yeah. again because he all all he has grown up being is a bounty hunter, and that's just taking orders, right? Like, go do this, go do that. We need to do this. Get a crew together. You need to do this. So it makes sense that he is kind of that passive person and not like a leader type. Because even in Clone Wars, and when he's when he was super young and doing all the bounty hunting stuff, like he ran a crew. But a lot of them, it's not like they didn't respect him, but, I mean, they didn't really follow him, per se. I mean, Ventress totally screwed him over in this color. Yeah, words. like, he wasn't he wasn't a leader the way that we think he might be by the end of this exactly. series, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, and, and, yeah, I agree with that. 
And I love how Cad Bane here, he just relishes the idea of knowing something that Boba doesn't and using it against him. Right. And just like, you know, the limited stuff we got from Cad Bane in this series, just from his glorious entrance in the, in the penultimate episode till now, mm-hmm. I think it's been very like, like the precision is on point. Like he's, he's delivering on exactly what he's there to do. And this is a moment for me that was like, okay, we knew that like th- there was no surprise here, but then when we pivot from, okay, we're going to take a pause, like there's going to be no more negotiations, but we're not going to fight just yet. I, I think I was kind of surprised by what happens next, which is like the three families simultaneously mm-hmm. turning on the rest of the Gatra, right? So all throughout Mos Espa, it's turning into chaos and it's all at the hands of the Pikes and, you know, Cad Bane's involvement ties into that too. But like just this moment of, you know, he's revealing to Boba Fett that the uh, Tuscan family, the Tuscan tribe that he was a part of, that he holds dear, was gunned down not by the Nikto gang that he sort of unceremoniously <laughs> dispatched, but the the Pikes, the the villains of the the series that we've sort of it's ramped up to this point, and now they're they're admitting to their their treachery. And so, he's finding out that? like, right. Like he's finding all that out and you know, it's kind of a big revelation for him, right? Like he's like, Oh crap. But he doesn't like at that point, I think he's just totally seeing red because all he can think about is what happened. Obviously we get that like really small flashback of him in that episode. So it's, it's very interesting. I think like you're saying Ian, like Cad played him, I think like a fiddle for a little bit in this whole scene, like trying to bait him into doing something one way or the other, right? Whether he either stays where he is or he attacks him because either way it's going to pop off. <laughs> so and it you, was, yeah, exactly. So and you, himself, you yeah. mentioned Cad Bane sees all the angles. Well, he saw, or he thought he saw how Boba Fett was going to react. And if it wasn't for the relationship that Boba Fett has developed with Fennec Shan and the, the sort of, family that they started to build, mm-hmm. Boba Fett would have reacted exactly the way Cad Bane predicted and it would have been game over. But because Boba Fett is sort of now listening to Fennec Shan and he has a bit of more tempered uh, resolve, it's just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to sit on this. And, you know, then we progress into the, the major action beats of the episode, which starts with the rest of his, his new family found family uh, getting into some trouble in all parts of Mos Espa and all the three crime families turning at once and sort of each faction having to deal with that, which I thought was cool too. Mm-hmm. Poor, can we get a, a quick RIP to the Garmorian guards? Like, I know. Hardly well, they, knew you. They, 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 they added the squealing piggy noises as they like <laughs> fell. And I was just like, oh, wow. That's pretty funny. It's a tough call. Yeah, that's, yeah. That was a tough one. That was they're a tough the one. new. Uh, they're the new of this uh, of this episode since all the banthas <laughs> died leading up to this point. Right. They're, they're the new sad point. <laughs> I I thought there was gonna be like like I know that they they're sort of like a package deal. I thought maybe one of them was gonna find its way out, but I understand they need to sort of. It's it's the new Wilhelm scream. 
you know, the Wilhelm <laughs> scream, just, uh, the, or just the Gaborian pig noises as they're falling down the cliff. But Dave, you're totally right. What's one Gamorian guard? He would just be missing his buddy the rest of his life. What quality of life is yeah. that? Yeah, oh. It could have been. It could have been a whole package deal. series of how sad he is and how he's growing into a different person. <laughs> <laughs> the book of the book of guard. You know, like, sad Gamorian. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. It's just. It's going to end up being a, a a YouTube video of um of the the end of the Hulk show, the old Hulk show that they made fun of in Family Guy of Stewie walking with the sad music. It's just going to be him walking down, walking through the desert in Tatooine. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> One could only hope. One can only hope. One can only hope. <laughs> so the cool thing, while all this action starts to pop off, is we know that Fennec Shan had decided, okay. I'm gonna just. I'm a master assassin. I'm gonna go for the head because we're we're in our overhead. So she takes off in her speeder, and presumably you're thinking she's just going straight for Mos Eisley to take out the lead Pike. But on her way, as sort of the mods feel overwhelmed in their district, um, they're fighting. Uh, what are they fighting? The um, Aqualish, right? Yes. Uh, yes. They're they're just like hunkered down and just. Uh, I, I believe they get told over the comms to, to keep their heads down. Yeah, they said and stay put yeah, and keep your heads Fennec, down. They're like, yeah. what do you mean? We have nowhere to go or or something like that. They're picking yeah. us off, something and, like that. And yeah. Fennec comes through like on her route to just like yeah. be the ultimate badass. She, she just, just did a little stops stop off, over. Yeah. Picks <laughs> off some Aqualish and <laughs> saves the mods. Ian, you'll, you'll appreciate this, Ian. She did a pop-in. She, she just... Ah! She frequented the pop in. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She's a pop in. Pop in person. Um, she was doing, yeah, but to save people's lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that was that was pretty cool. I like that whole sequence, and uh, yeah, just uh, I, I also thought it was pretty slick the way she had parked her speeder as if no one noticed. Yeah. yeah. She was so such a stealth like assassin she's just like it's already there i've been here and then i maneuvered around <laughs> yeah. to, to snipe. <laughs> like, i like the the classic western shot of the guy falling off like the roof or whatever like into like a pile of whatever like yeah he, like he like goes through the, the 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 what's it called the overhang and then yeah. into the boxes or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it's perfect yeah. and right. and speaking of classic western shots we move back to the sanctuary where now it's just Din and Boba Fett, and they're dealing with an overwhelming number of pikes, right? This is the main central conflict. Like everything else that's going on is like, like explaining why the rest of the Gotra couldn't be they there. They have one one other person with them. They have one other person. Oh, the Major Domo. My favorite. My ma- this guy is my new favorite character, man. This the guy Major like Dummy. The, the Major Dummy. Dude, this guy is the best. <laughs> His I de- honestly thought he was going to get wasted. To be yeah, quite honest, me too. his, de- his delivery is so good. I I just I love I think it. Is it Matt Matt Barry that plays him? He does such a good job. It is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is who it is. Uh, no, he's sorry. so unlikable. He's such a punchable face, and yeah, everything he says. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You just da- hate him. But David Pescesi. David. Pes- okay, it was David. Yeah. So yeah, I yeah. I I recognize him yeah. from Veep. That's where I recognize him from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. As as her ex husband, and he's just like he plays such a swine in that show. Like he plays such a piece of garbage, 
And he sort of has a hint of that in this with the way he talks, like his delivery of his lines is very similar that if you put him in this suit in Veep, he would almost be the same character. I feel (laughs) it's just so good. I I just, I love, I like the action was great, but I really, really liked his delivery of him. I know I'm skipping ahead a couple minutes here, but I really, really enjoyed his, his delivery of the quote unquote message to the Pikes. I thought it was great. Was I mean, so I, I suspected it would be something like this because he's sort of comic relief, but you know, he sort of stops and says, actually, why don't you tell me what you want? You know, what do you, what do you like? I just, the way that he delivers it is just perfect. I, yeah, I do, cause, it's so Cause good. once he realizes what, Bo, cause I knew Boba Fett had put nothing. Like there's no chance right. he's going to try yeah, and start with these Some snarky comment or something. But, yeah. yeah. So, so I thought he was just sending him up to his death, and uh, which basically he did, right? It was just like, I don't care about this Pretty guy. Much, um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you're right. Like he's just kind of like, oh, I see what the message is, and I don't want to deliver it. <laughs> and 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 I to that point, I thought we were getting old Boba Fett. He would have attached like a thermal detonator to the back of that thing or something, and it just would have been boom. <laughs> that actually would have been pretty cool. That could have been pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this was a. I thought this was a powerful moment too because it was both of the sort of Mandalorian armor clad uh, people in in Star Wars or in this story, anyways, and they're hunkered down and they're overwhelmed, and especially when they decide to sort of do things their way. They use, uh, of course, this major domo sequence as like a distraction to position themselves and use their jetpacks. But at some point, they're really outnumbered and sort of in the center there. And it was very, uh, you know, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Like it was very just like outnumbered and outgunned and just like the last stand kind of moment. And then, of course, the only way out is this recurring theme of found family. They have reinforcements finally arriving the bartender shows up (laughs) (laughs) who has a name now i think his name is like tanty or something oh is that what it was okay nice yeah he's he's a great character too he's so fun yeah the weak way got a name yeah Uh, but yeah no and and at this point still maintaining the allure because we get confirmation at least from the from tanty's point of view that cob vanth has been gunned down and Mm -hmm. that that was a tender moment for me because i'm like oh no they actually committed yeah yeah here we are thinking he's gonna show up and be like the 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 savior at least at one point or whatever but yeah you know but he accomplished what he needed to accomplish because he was there with cad bane cad bane presented the threat and this is their answer to that threat like we're gonna rally tatooine to the cause and you know try and defend against this pike threat so yeah i thought it was a really cool sort of everything up until i think it's a right around now where everyone starts to come together in the central battleground. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's just, it's all coming together and they kind of seem like for a moment, they, they turn the tides on the pikes. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, that's where we get the big sort of the big guns come through the literal right? big guns. Yeah. And, and this was, I thought it was pretty thematic having two massive battle droids enter the fray. So, um, so real with, me, with riddle me this. Shields. Yeah. Riddle me this for two seconds. Um, I, I present this question to both Ian and Lauren, but are these prequel era droids? The reason why I ask is because I don't remember seeing them, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, but I, the only, the thing that tipped me off that it could be that is that they had the shields around them. And I mm-hmm. think I've only seen that from that, time frame so droid to cows yeah 
no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, they're definitely connected to the Battlers, but I'm going to defer to to Lauren on this one because I don't know that much about the separate. I don't. Movements. Yeah, I I don't think we've seen them before, but they're I think okay. just like what Ian said, I think they're they're definitely from that era. I know we've seen in Clone Wars, especially in the last season, in those first four episodes where they were attacking. Um, can't remember that planet but they were like these huge kind of they kind of looked like those like these scorpion huge legged uh yeah they called them scorpionic annihilator droids or something like that yeah so scorpionic it's definitely like prequel era tech that Mm -hmm. has been found and used so i i don't think we've seen these specific droids before though but okay it's definitely that that era that tech yeah, it kind of looks like it too, right? Though just the way yeah. that they're designed and everything. Yeah, right, right, right. So the first thought I had about them choosing droids specifically as like an adversary was the whole like, well, how important is the story of Boba Fett to the Mandalorian, and how important was the fact that Din Djarin had this sort of, you know, disdain towards droids because of the fact that he was attacked by the Separatist army. And when he was a child, he was rescued by Mandalorians. He was a foundling himself because he was getting attacked by battle droids. So this is kind of thematic in that way. He has to face them down Mm -hmm. in a way um, as part of this grand battle. And then as we're talking, I'm also thinking, wouldn't it be cool if we saw these droids pop up in the Andor series, which I think could Mm, definitely happen. Yeah, sure. I think so. That could work. Yeah. 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 Now, um, I, I, sorry, I'm skipping ahead another couple minutes again, but no, it's uh, fine. There's there's not too much left. I mean, there's a lot of action. action beats, yeah, but right. we're basically in the the final battle now. Yeah, right? the like, extended sort of final battle. So I thought it was kind of cool that you know Dark Saber comes out right, and he tries to get mm-hmm. through the shield and all that. I I mean, I guess I could have sworn that he would have been able to cut right through that shield, but um, I guess I I don't know if that's because he's not wielding it properly yet like they alluded to in that episode when he got it but i did appreciate how they had like one line of dialogue that explained all that away they were like oh our kinetic ammo is too too fast and our other ammo like our other weapons are too like i don't know like not (laughs) which made me think automatically oh it's going to be grogu that does something about it with the force or it's going to be some sort of organic being or thing mm-hmm. that gets through it which i didn't yeah. i honestly didn't suspect honestly that it was, i honestly didn't suspect that it was going to be the rancor i really didn't i, I was wondering it was if just going to be going for the yeah the the fire spray ship or something to come and just like bomb them or i something. thought like, I, I thought, thought Grogu was gonna like just just sort of waddle his way through the shield and just be like <laughs> and then the thing would just like blow up or something <laughs> that's what he's gonna do <laughs> or you just like create like this little hole like you know how how in the cartoons, like Looney Tunes cartoons, and they cut the glass, it's just like a little circle with their nail. I thought he was just going to be like, whoop, cut a little circle through the shield, go underneath <laughs> it, and just like split the thing in half or something. Like something crazy like that. That's what I was waiting for. I don't for. know <laughs> if it was like the direction of the action or just how much was actually going on. But like to Mike's point, like we we should have been anticipating this rancor way more than I was. Like I wasn't. Yeah, same. I totally it forgot about it. Me. I but it was totally but it was like it. four or five episodes ago. It was like a month ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like when you really think about it, it was a month ago, and it, it was, was a month. It was literally a month ago. <laughs> it, was a, it was a month ago, probably in the time frame of the show as well, <laughs> and uh, and it was one scene. 
maybe two. I guess you can consider it. So I prefer whenever shows have the weekly model like Disney plus versus Netflix, because you can get surprised by these things because you're watching it every week instead of all. You're right about that. Mm -hmm. You're right about that. This series would have been judged totally differently if everyone watched seven episodes straight. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would have, it would have hit differently for sure. And this moment for sure would have hit differently. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think uh, it would have been cool to see uh, uh, what's the actor's name that was like his handler. Yeah, um, Danny Trejo. Yeah, Danny oh, yeah, Trejo show up. Danny Trejo shows up and he's just like, "Yeah, fuck shit up," you know. Like, <laughs> 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 that would have been awesome because he's so much fun, right? Like he's such a fun yeah. actor that it would have been cool yeah. to see him come back. But the way that they brought him back was totally fine. Like it's no complaint. But I will say the cool thing is they they do play on this idea that only Boba can handle this guy. Like, yeah, that's I was cool. no, I was actually going to say cool to me that I would say this is another small critique I have. Nit, nit, pick, picking nits here, um, they did a lot to sort of humanize humanize the rancor. I know it's not a human, but give you more sympathy. But then, mm-hmm. like, but then in this episode, the second that Boba's not riding him, he's a mindless beast, and like even the people that are on his team are shooting at him. And I'm just like, ah, eh, but like you kind of told me it wasn't a mindless beast and you kind of wanted me to believe that it, like I should care for it. But then when all of a sudden it is a mindless beast, that's not, and it was just like, that didn't really work for me. I didn't, don't think that that was needed. I'm on the opposite side of that because I think that like the mods were just shooting at this thing that literally saved their lives. Like, yeah, why? Like there was, like, there, there was another way to handle it and they went the wrong way. And obviously like something like the rancor, the, the way it's, sort of like prone to aggression is gonna handle that situation negatively right but like yeah, you're getting shot at yeah so it's like so yeah well, if we want to blame I, the mods instead i'm totally down for that because they're like the worst characters <laughs> in the whole show so blame them for all of the show's issues i'm down let's just throw them under the bus <laughs> at every turn throw them right under co- the bus <laughs> what color and what shade of yellow is the bus <laughs> is it really bright yellow is it like neon yellow is shiny it? right it's yeah. it's it's the shade of shiny exactly yeah <laughs> No, but my question is, which power injury do you wish showed up? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, but but seriously, the, the rancor in a lot of ways. I mean, I know that they kind of took a break from this idea that he's going to train, like work with it, and learn to ride it. They kind of they they had that scene to literally tell you he's going to ride it, so that when you see him riding it. It's like, yeah, we don't care if we didn't get an episode of him learning. But they did show an episode where he kind of like did something in the floor. It's like, okay, he's trained him now and Boba's his master now. That was enough right. for me. Yeah. So so I think personally that Boba Fett, he's basically like what we thought of him was a rage monster. And in a lot of ways he still is because he's got a lot of shit that he's dealing with. You know, he lost his father. He saw his father get his head cut off. He's He's been prone to violence his entire life. Now he's trying to change and he meets this creature that's a lot like him where he thinks he's one thing put in one box and he's really a more complex creature, but he still is ultimately prone to aggression. And that's exactly what Boba Fett is. So I think that there's a lot of parallels there where, you know, as soon as he's threatened, because you got to realize like he was on their side, but it was Cad Bane using the flamethrower that ultimately got him into a rage. Mm-hmm. So now he's just King kind Kong. of mind- mindlessly <laughs> yeah, losing Kong, it. Yes. And I think Boba Fett, yeah, he was like King Kong, 100%. Yeah. But I think Boba Fett would have been mindlessly losing it as well if he hadn't gone through some of this growth that we've seen him go through over the series. So. 
100% agree. What did you guys think of, uh, Lauren, what did you think of, uh, of, uh, I mean, I guess it kind of made sense. I guess that's probably where we thought they were going to go, but Grogu saved, saved the day. I mean, I do think that the way that, um, that the Rancor ripped apart the other one was pretty cool. Like I really thought yeah. that that was like, it felt heavy. Like it felt <laughs> like there was, there was something really like there was weight to what was going on in that fight. Mm-hmm. But then what'd you think of, of, uh, of that? And then what'd you think of Grogu's approach? Yeah, I think the overall the Rancor stuff was my favorite in this episode. I mean, it made sense. And I know it's funny that we talk about that. Like it feels like a month ago was the last time we saw it really. But it almost kind of works to its advantage because I totally forgot that there was that freaking rain cord to begin with. Hundred so like percent. Same. When yeah, when Boba jetted off, I'm like, where the hell is he going? Who is he going to get? And then <laughs> you know that this scene comes up and you hear the roaring, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm an idiot. Yeah, of course he's on a freaking rain cord. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> yeah, of course he's on. That. <laughs> right. You know what was really cool is I don't know if this is uh, like the like we just mentioned King Kong a, a few seconds mm-hmm. ago, but when he sort of is creeping behind some of the buildings and then his, his claws come over yes. the top. It reminded me actually of Jurassic park mm-hmm. of how yeah. like literal, literal claws yeah. came over. Right. That's, I thought it was like, Oh, that's like an alluding to um, the Raptors or the T-Rex uh, mm-hmm. in some of those movies. That's what I thought of that because yeah. it was a claw, yeah. but it could the just be a reference too. It was so metal. It was so metal. The way that he used yeah. his nose ring as the reins, it's like, was- yeah, metal like you know what i mean it's so <laughs> literal literal punk and metal <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah right he's just right. riding it and he looks so cool up there like it was just wish fulfillment from earlier yeah i was gonna say like i love when boba like when he brings up that that scorpion droid and he's like do it and the, <laughs> the ray cord just like yeah. whoosh, just tears yeah. it apart <laughs> so good like it's just like it's just stupid fun Star Wars, man, at this point. And yeah. I'm just loving everything. And it's so Star Wars. Yeah. Like, it is it so really Star Wars. Is. It yeah. really is. Like, it's it, perfect. Seeing a Rancor just shred, it just tear shit up, adds to <laughs> the original trilogy where it's like, the Rancor, right. to Ian's point, is set up to be the biggest, baddest monster for Luke to kill to show how strong Luke has now gotten. That's sort of the point mm-hmm. of the thing. And now it makes him even look even more badass because you see what a monster the Rancor is. And even Mando couldn't take him down. You know what I mean? And like, it really is mm-hmm. like the most formidable beast in all of Star Wars. And Luke was able to like dispatch him, right? So anyways. And it, and it gives you a cool, sense of scale really cool too, context. just how big the Rancor is. Because he's like literally... Yeah the size of buildings yeah, and, you, and I feel like underneath yeah. Jabba's palace, you know that they're big, but because it's like in a cave, it almost feels like there's a limited size to it in a way. Yeah. And then here yeah. it's the size of most of Tatooine. <laughs> like it's just yeah. massive. Um, and then compare and- it to Grogu. Like yeah. that was, I <laughs> yeah. love that kind of scale of like this. David and Goliath. Yeah. Like little green guy. <laughs> getting like yelled at and he's just standing there and it's such a i love this when he connects with the raincore because it brings to me again i i'm a huge animation fan brings me back to rebels brings me back to ezra and his deep connection with the force and it's really deep Mm. connection with the the animals and all that of the force in the galaxy like it's it was such parallels for me for that and i loved that you know that's what happens he is able to, and it makes sense that Grogu's the one that 
is able to calm it down and basically put it to sleep. And then he takes a nap with it. Like, I didn't know yeah, I needed I love that. I, love <laughs> I didn't that. know I like, needed okay, Grogu's nap time <laughs> Right. Now. I didn't know I needed a Rancor. Right. Rancor. I thought he was going to ride it for a second. Yeah. I thought Grogu was going to ride it. I was like, oh, oh I did going here? <laughs> like a hot second. But I loved it. Like, I mean, I didn't know I needed, you know, a sleepy Rancor and, you know, Grogu hanging out. <laughs> like, I but I needed it and I loved I it did. so much. It was so oh, good. You, oh, we definitely needed it. Yeah. Oh, we needed it. We definitely yeah. needed it. Yeah. 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 I, I think it's it's cool how um how slow it plays out too, because everything is so chaotic and it really does slow things down and makes you realize that, you know, he has this different kind of connection with the world around them. Um right. and I think and I think Din, you know, Mandalorian, I think I think he gets it at this point. Like he kind of starts to understand what's going on he did in season two as well but i think like he would he he stands back and lets this happen so does everybody else but i think in season one if this happened of the mandalorian he might jump in or say like don't get too close or be careful or whatever but he kind of just lets it happen and because he does so does everybody else and it seems to be working Mm -hmm. but it also does call back to the previous episode where luke tells grogu it's about connection around you. It's about everything yeah. that surrounds us. It's about feeling everything that moves around you. And that's, I think that is a, a sign of that lesson. Oh, is yeah. that he Grogu feels- has grown. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I think he's recalling, <laughs> I think he's recalling that lesson. I really do. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I love I how it's now, I mean, obviously in Mando season one, season two, only really certain people besides Mando saw Grogu do anything special. You know, so now it's like it's it's a it's a bigger crowd. Cats, saw cats with this the bag little now. guy, yeah. yeah, right. Well, so now does like the legend. The major of Domo saw it, so you know right. everyone's gonna know. <laughs> he's gonna it. go rat them to the rest of the and, galaxy. So now it's like them. right, and he's got he's a thing legend. going with Pelimato too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It's gonna be like a I whole mean, legend. She's now, dated right? a Jawa, so this has got to be a step down, right? She'll she'll, she'll, she'll hook up with anyone. Yeah, she, that's what I thought too. Like, yeah. yeah, first thing I thought but, of. But Star now Wars it's like a whole like legend, right like a whole legend of Grogu is 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 growing now, right? Like it's not yeah. just like a legend of like. And and I think that's thing. important. If if we're mm-hmm. saying that all of these live action series, at least. The Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, and then Ahsoka are going to be sort of connected in some way. Then it makes sense that they're sticking with Din Djarin's story, yep. Grogu's story. It like it may have seemed jarring on the week to week format, but I think you're going to look back on it and go, "I understand why they pivoted and and brought us up to speed as to where these characters are at." Because when they enter the fray, it's not just like a cameo. It's like we actually understand what's going on with these characters, right? So everything was good. I like that, um, you know, we kind of skipped over the, like the Boba Fett finale of it all, but like, you know, we also get that moment with Grogu and the Rancor, and then we get the Fennec Shand taking care of business with the Pikes. Like, it's like we get this grandiose sort of resolution to the, the war on Tatooine. Uh, but we should maybe briefly talk about how we thought it ended with Boba and Cad Bane. Because he did take that moment to sort of reflect and not attack when he probably would have in a previous form. And now we have the ultimate moment where Cad Bane's coming for you whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. And he's stripping you of your armor and you don't have your blaster anymore. And you're going to have to think of something else. 
<laughs> to take him out. So what do you guys think of the the sort of last moments of Cadman? Well, I, I think that the way that he quote unquote killed him was great. Um with the weapon that he used, uh, if the uh, if that female uh, Tuscan wasn't going to show up, at least he got to use what he learned. So I really like yeah. that. Anything that calls back to that second episode, I am all for it. So um, <laughs> I thought it was uh, I thought it was a cool sequence. I thought that uh, you know it, it's the classic like the guy who's on the guy who's sort of winning the fight talks a little too much and then pays for it. Um, we've <laughs> well, seen he was that a million times, before. right? Yeah. He was too invested because if he had just taken off his helmet and blasted him in the face, but he had to kind of, he had to, he had a, a he, he was trying to figure out what Boba's angle was, yeah. but really he was also personally invested. Yeah. So I, I will, I will say that that part I really liked and I will, I'll throw this to Lauren to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, Cad says, look out for yourself, I think is what he says or something very similar to that. Um, to me, hinting at clones without Boba really understanding that's what that means. Uh, what did you think of the whole thing? And do you think that comment led to that? Because that's what I thought of at first. It's, it's a very interesting comment. I mean, obviously, the, the fight was cool. I mean, you got to see Cad in a very small snippet, but like, you know, him like tumbling like down and then getting back up and shooting Boba. Like, you really did got to see how, like, ruthless this guy is. Like, he is, like, the best bounty hunter out there. So, you know, him kind of like antagonizing Boba was really interesting. I think that, again, he just wants to show that he's the best. And he was trying to, like Ian's been saying, like he was trying to figure out Boba's angle. And I don't think he really completely understood that it was basically because of family. Like that was Boba's angle the entire time. And because Cad has never had that type of like family, you know, kind of friendship, like he, doesn't understand it like he that's why he ne- he doesn't understand boba now so but it was an inter- interesting line of him saying that you know basically do it like be on yourself don't trust anybody because that's cad's life like that's that's the life he has lived his in like his entire life so far so it's an interesting comment i think that it was more towards that like be the bounty hunter you're supposed to be like be ruthless and i don't boba like you're fooling yourself, like be who you actually are kind of thing. Right, right. I mean, because he, he said that line to him uh, previously about like, you know, your your father's blood runs through you. So right, he's, right. He's like he's just he's testing him and wants him to become the bounty hunter that he's supposed to be. But Boba doesn't want that anymore. So and then I, I, I love that the gaffy stick, the symbol, you know, the symbolism there. Loved it. Um, I don't personally think Cad's dead. I, I just got a really funny feeling because, like, if you and I had to watch it again and turn up the volume a little bit, but like when they were hovering over him before they, like, as he's lying there, you hear like a ping or like this noise. Beep. beep right. Beep, so, like, to yeah. me. Oh, he's backing up a transport truck? Is that what he's doing? Is that. Well, <laughs> yeah. I know the Seinfeld thing. Beep, beep, beep. What are you talking about? <laughs> But I think it's, I don't think, and we haven't seen him yet, but he has in Clone Wars. And, He's more machine now yeah, than man. Yeah. But you can uh, see it on his, you can see it on his back. And actually, Lauren, you already mentioned it, like the tubing and everything. Mm-hmm. But you can see that his back is kind of where the mechanics are involved. Yeah. He's got a whole He's thing got right more, on his back. Yeah. 
with all the battles that he's been in, he's probably got more mods going on than we realize. Mm-hmm. So he's not actually. Probably. Yeah, he, he's more machine now than man, really. You just have to so, look at the next episode Dave Filoni is directing, and that's where you put your money on him coming back. Yeah, that's true. But my big thing is. Which is fair, that- Mike, but I, I love this this version of Captain I think I he was it. actually, oh, yeah. like, letting his. In the Clone Wars, he has a droid like, companion, and we don't see him, but I feel like that pinging was like notifying that guy to come get him and like mm. showing like his location. That's just again my current head. No, that's sure. Yep. That completely that's completely That's a better I version think. than mine. Mine was just like, okay, there's a machine still kind of pinging, so he's like, there's a version of him that's still alive. But we do know uh, he but, is but kind I do of. Like that idea. I think in Clone Wars, he does have something, was it like a metal, a metal plate, I thought, or something in his head. I thought I'd have to go. It's been a while since I watched Clone Wars, specifically his stuff. But there is like he does have a small modification, I think, already. So you couldn't be too far off, Ian, because again, with what he does, it wouldn't be that far of a leap to suggest that he has a bunch of modifications. Well, and they showed us that just in this series with Fennec, right? So it's it's a very easy. I guess, way to reference. Like you can easily reference something that you saw in this show itself, right? Yep. Even if it happens in a different series down the line. Right. right well, right. I think it's safe to say that even though we know that Boba has hung with ruthless killers, even at a young age, and he's kind of had a camaraderie with them, like he's never experienced family until he really fell in with the, you know, got in with the Tuscan tribe. So at this point, like this is the moment where his experience with the Tuscans and his whole journey, very spiritual journey to gain his own gaffy stick is the one sort of underlying factor that uh, Cad Payne was never anticipating or was able to predict. So that was a cool feature that you see the blaster, it's out of reach. He no longer has his armor because Cad Bane stripped him of it. So now it's, it's basically like, what does he have left? Well, if he just embraces... This idea of family embraces the the gaffy stick that he earned when he was part of a family. That's the thing that's going to take Cad Bane down, and I think that that was very symbolic, and I, I think it was executed very well too. Yeah, Mike, uh, what do you think about the whole thing? Uh, I think Ian nailed it. Yeah, that yeah. gaffy stick payoff, the fact that he used it to beat Cad Bane, perfect. Yeah, it's great. I don't think he's dead either, so I'll just throw it in there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so he's alive. <laughs> well, I mean, Mike, you famously said that no one's truly dead in Star Wars, and if you yeah. don't, you know, like see like literally the the flat line go, yeah, yeah, and everyone yeah. have a funeral like that is right. if if they have a funeral and he's burning, then okay, yeah, only then, <laughs> and even then, <laughs> even when they get chopped in half, they come back. So you yeah. can never. Yeah. <laughs> but really, I don't think either though. You don't bring in that character. For an episode and a half, yeah, two not even. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you even don't. without and seeing, even without watching all of Clone Wars myself, and with Mike not not watching it, like he's just he's he's pretty iconic looking. Like exactly. when you think of, I mean, this is again, this is somewhat cynical, like we've talked about before. But when you bring in a character like Boba Fett, for example, in the original trilogy, when you bring in a character that looks, let's be honest, pretty freaking cool. And sounds cool, and in our opinion, it seems is executed pretty well. You're not just going to let him drop by the wayside. You know, you're, you're gonna you're gonna do something with him, even if it's not something major for an extended another you know ten episodes or something. Some he's gonna something's gonna happen next, and I think we might have a sense of 
where that's going to be based on the post credit sequence, which is what I think they're setting up. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. So the only thing we have left to cover really is uh, Shand going off on her kill mission, which was uh, impressive, and you, you could argue that she could have done that from the start. But you yeah. know, it took time to get to Mos Eisley. There's a bit of space between Mos Eisley. Must be Mos a couple Eisley, hours so away, right? Like it takes time, and uh, you know, I thought that it was very effective. Yeah, she was noticeably missing that. through the whole episode. We kept saying like, "Where?" Like she could have been there, but I guess she was just traveling. So, yeah, but. Sense. Ultimately, it is like that's her partnership with Boba, like knowing what needs to get done because she did the thing that you see it when, like, you know, she's en route or when she's about to take everyone out. The leader of the Pikes on Tatooine is saying how they're going to have more, like, mm-hmm. there's more Pikes coming. There's going to be, like, you know, like, we're going to figure it out. And, like, he's, he's, like yeah, he's leaving. Yeah, she's leaning into her skill set, which is to be the assassin. So it, it makes sense. It's yeah. like if you're moving your chest pieces around, you know, you got your assassin taking out, cutting off the head, and your muscle over here. Yeah, so yeah it, made, it made and, sense. And he hangs those three families out to dry, but still knowing that like the endless sort of pike are you know available mm-hmm. to come back and kind of exact their revenge. But her taking him out probably puts that kind of to bed, at least for now, in that. Tatooine's going to be its own thing under Boba Fett's new regime. And those three families, I don't think, are going to be any threat to him. No, I, and now I, thought, the it, I thought it was pretty ruthless what she did, too, because she literally mm-hmm. hangs the mayor. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy yeah. sh- have I seen that before in well, Star Wars? Like, that was the one like, thing. Yeah, I, knew the, <laughs> right. I knew the mayor was going to get his comeuppance, because how are you going to just... Like, but everybody else, everybody else gets this like quick gunslinging shot. Or at least I think they do, mm-hmm. and then he gets hung. And is it is it because he has a long neck? Is that why? Is it just easier to grab him with that? Or it like, was like a that? mission. Uh, it was like a mission of like the Hitman game. You know what I mean? And it was like she had to kill each one in a different style. Yeah, man, dude. <laughs> I, I thought it was. I thought. I thought it was Splinter Cell. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> Quietly, no one knows where you are, and she just like shows up out of nowhere at, at the end yeah. once everyone's dead. <laughs> like, that's what it it really like. it really did make sense for her to do this because she is the <laughs> obviously master assassin. Um, but I think it, it's interesting though too, I, th- I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they thought the mayor left the planet. Mm-hmm. So I think they only found out in this episode that where they actually were hiding. So for her to be like, all right, I'm going to go end this makes total sense. And she does it in a very ruthless and very Fennec Shan way. And I know a lot of people, and, and I'm kind of included in this in this group of, like, I wish she was she did more stuff more in the series. Yes, yes, I do. Me too. A hundred percent, I do. I, I, and, but I, for me, that gives me the notion that, okay, they're definitely doing a season two of something, whether it's like the Book of Tatooine or... The book of the book of Fennec Shan. Right, you don't leave what you left off with after she did what she did. Right, I mean, she took the head off the Pike leader at in this sector. She killed the major three family heads. So now it's like there's going to be repercussions. So like I think there's that's true. More... I didn't even think about her taking out the families. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So like there's yeah, going to be repercussions. Cool. Right. And there's room for stories, so like I feel like she's go. We'll see her again. I think they probably her and, and Boba make like a cameo. Mando three makes sense, 
Oh, 100%. And then, oh, yeah. like, do they do another book of Boba Fett, or is it, like, another series that is centered around Tatooine because of this end credit scene that we got? It would make yeah. sense that it all kind of ties I, together. See, I think that it's more so the book of Boba Fett was to show the transition of the Boba Fett we knew yep. into the Boba Fett that now rules Tatooine yep. so that when he pops up in other series, it's less jarring. It's like, oh, we know exactly what happened yeah. there. So I think a show called simply called Mandalorians. And then then people can't critique if there's an episode <laughs> of the Mandalorian or Bo-Katan or, yeah. you know what I mean? Bob or Boba. Yeah. It's like they can just you know, it's, cover it all. Like 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 the Marvels, like the, the next Captain Marvel movie. No, but like no, but it's a it's a fair point. But also, I think you make a good point in that I think we're gonna explore the idea of Boba Fett's heritage a bit more. I think what I was missing from like flashbacks in this episode, I think we will eventually get, and I think we'll get more of like, does he belong in this sort of new the new. Uh, the new idea of the Mandalorian that Din Djarin is trying to forge, maybe with Bo-Katan or whoever else, mm-hmm. like is, is Boba Fett going to be a part of that? Like, yeah, he's going to be ruling Tatooine, but is he also going to embrace his Mandalorian of it all? I think it's, I interesting. Think it's be an interesting question. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, because kind of that conversation him and Fennec had at the very end about him saying, you know, I don't know if this is really for us, but she was, she was just, she's one that said, if it's not, then who? So, like, to me, that leads me to believe that he is going to stay where he is. Because I know some people are like, well, like, they took that that little, like, dialogue. Tatooine becomes new Mandalorian. Right, right. And they, But they took that new dialogue to say, like, what was the whole point of the show if he doesn't even want to do it anymore? I'm like, no, that's not what he said. He just says, we don't think, you know, I don't feel like this is for us. But then her response I think says it all as in then who's going to do it. So then, but you hit the nail on the head because that moment hammers it home because it's Fennec Shand who was not really, she was like one foot in on Boba's vision. And now she's like, no, no, no. Like don't second guess. Don't second guess yourself. Like we deserve this. We like, I just killed the three families. He's totally willing to embrace this new family that Boba Fett has created. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. and that goes back to that episode of, what was it? Like a two, I think two or three episodes ago when we see how they met, like they were talking about in that episode, family being together. Like, so she is, she is starting just like you said, Ian of like, coming around to that idea of being in a group setting with Boba and like protecting this, this area. So that's kind of cool. So like, again, I think this goes to like, obviously Mando season three will end up on Tatooine for some reason. We'll see Boba and Fennec there. And then again, we could get a whole other season of Boba and you know, it can be again, repercussions of what happened in this season because there's a lot to still to dive into, especially, you know, the the Pike Syndicate is not going to let this go. If uh, knowing the Clone Wars and everything like that, the, the Tatooine Wars have begun. Right? They well, there you go. It could be so, Tatooine Wars. Yeah, but it's right. it's, not, it's not like they went and they killed all the Pikes in one episode, right? It was just right. who happened to be there, and now, like you said, who the repercussions on, on someone yeah. on a group that is so powerful is right. not going to be nothing. 
And that's the whole thing, though, too. Is so like obviously they're where they're mainly stayed at is uh, I think it's a planet or a city, Michael you, or uh, Ian. You might remember Obadiah is where like their main headquarters yeah. is. So like, how funny was that when the major domo was like, "Oh, I'd love to see yeah, the obsidian cliffs." Yeah, it's like they're like, you wouldn't be caught dead on that planet, right. you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we've been we've been on that planet a few times in Clone Wars. But, you know, it, this is obviously going to reach the headquarters and, like, the head head of the syndicate. So it's like, what is what are they, what are, what are they going to, you know, act on? How yeah. are they going to respond? But then my thoughts go to as well, like, okay, we know in comics currently that Crimson Dawn, led by Kira. Yeah, big. I thought we were going to get a tease. I did too. I thought she was for sure. Because she's kind of running the whole scene, not just, you know, a little bit of it. She's running all of it. So, like, the Pikes might answer to her. So she might be like, well, you know, I might have to do this on my own. So then they can get involved, you know? I'm less in touch with the comics. Like, obviously, Tatooine has a a strong thematic uh, resemblance for Han Solo. But I I wonder if Crimson Dawn is more concerned with the inner... Like, I don't know if they're in the outer rim, if they're really concerned with Tatooine. And that's a good point. Um, that's a really good point. Because, again, we know, like, all of a sudden, like, Pally was saying in, I think, an episode or two when she was with Mando, she was saying, yeah, everything kind of went to crap once once the syndicate and once the Pikes showed up. Yeah. So somehow they showed up and started running Spice. But who, for me, I've always asked the question of, well, who sent them to that location? Is it just them trying to run the territory or, or is somebody... crimson done behind exactly. it all i would have loved a bit more of a tease if that is the yes, inevitable uh, direction but yeah i do see that and you know of the syndicates and all this like is there gonna be retaliation i would love for if din Djarin is gonna explore sort of his place among the mandalorians like it'd be great if he could communicate just like politically with the pikes and with mm-hmm. the huts like just if the Mandalorians are kind of staking their claim on Tatooine or or anything like that to keep Tatooine safe, that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean Tatooine has um, always been a big part of Star Wars. So like it, I know a lot oh, of people huge. are like, "Oh, why do we keep going back to Tatooine?" Well, you guys, first of all, freaking Anakin Skywalker is his home planet, basically. So like, yeah, dude, it's kind of important place. Like, it's, yeah, they, they, oh, they pick a place kind of that's, important. Yeah, they pick a place that's central, and there's mm-hmm. it's where the adventure begins. Exactly, <laughs> you think about it, right? Yeah, yeah it, it has though, right? So yeah. it's it's an important it's an important place, not just obviously in the Skywalker saga, but obviously in the entire kind of like Star Wars galaxy. Like it's an important place. Yeah, and so, then as we're celebrating and they're walking through the streets of Mosesco, yeah, I would say it's, get... it's an important place, but they didn't have to make it important. They did that in the prequels. Totally and agree. No, you're I right. You're right. I think it would have worked a lot better in the story if Tatooine was just the lonely desert plant Luke came from. Anyways, I've gone over this before, <laughs> but that's that ship has sailed many years ago. <laughs> no, but that is fair. However, you know, think consider the evolution of the original trilogy where they didn't know from movie to movie exactly what beats were going to play out. They had Luke return to Tatooine. And it became not just a dustball planet, but one that was ruled by the huts, that had a palace, that had like all this crazy sort of crime underworld going on in it. And then on top of that, you have um, just like this, I don't know, just like.
Luke sort of like like I I want to get on Dave's sort of wavelength and have this headcanon of Luke being the hero of the galaxy and therefore it kind of uh, post re, post Return of the Jedi it becomes creates a, a, a populace mm-hmm. and and there's tourism now and there's like like <laughs> we it's just see like that it's, it's there were booming ships coming in yeah. exactly exactly it's just it's just Don't a see new the dead world body of Java like, like. <laughs> see, see I'm 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 less concerned about the direction they're taking Star Wars and I'm more concerned with like I don't know like I, I think it's it's a wide galaxy like you said but it's rooted like Tatooine has its importance mm-hmm. and and eventually we're going to move away from it and do other things but there's going to be tie-ins and it's going to be not so much to the original trilogy more so to like things like the Mandalorian and why did we mm-hmm. stick with it and why did we keep coming back to this planet I think when, like, when it gets me and Dave are more on the page of like the universe is large and it's a long long time ago and there's a lot of time they can play in with the galaxy a far of far away. of the galaxy but they always want to be in this like original trilogy time and it's like mm-hmm. we kind of wish they would leave that behind but I think Disney buying Lucasfilm means you know that it will never leave that behind because like you know they bought it all to make money off of it and mine all of our nostalgia. So I get it. That's totally fair. Yeah. I, I, I get it, but I'm over it. And it's like, yeah, just if they, if it's actually a movie comes out and it has nothing to do with tattooing, has nothing to do with the word Skywalker is not mentioned. Like that's kind of what I want. And that'll happen one day. I think, you know, maybe Jedi. Oh, do you know what I mean? Like maybe it's yeah. like really gets out there. And, and, and you see something totally different, and that's just at this point of so much Star Wars stuff. That's what what would excite me probably the most. But anyways, I will say it's interesting that Grogu is sort of this ray of hope, even though we've seen where the galaxy goes in the next thirty years, and we see the the sequel trilogy. He's a being that is capable of living a thousand years. So, what if it, you know we do experience an era of Star Wars post? rise of skywalker that doesn't really concern itself with jedi mm-hmm. and grogu is sort of oh, the next coming dope. of that yeah. that would and and it's not even in the same form like he's sort of a a mandalorian jedi like tarvisla uh, Tar was so it's like you know like it, it, there's there's endless possibilities all i'm saying is the quality is still there for me the storytelling is there and uh, i'm still excited to see what comes next and the obi-wan kenobi series is like i think i'm I'm more excited for that than i have been for anything in a long time yeah and yeah, it's I gonna be a, it's just a limit or limited but it's a short series too so they're gonna it's gonna pack a punch i think pretty pretty quickly so mike you got your uh you got your your wish fulfillment with uh grogu and the little the little droid pod well see it's funny because that's the only thing we haven't touched on yeah. and then i thought the other wish fulfillment was that power actually you know, both of you were sort of clinging to this idea that Cobb Vanth wasn't gone. Um, I thought it would have been interesting. I think we said I he's going to get modded too. I think we called that. So. Yeah, I, I think I would have been heartbroken to see him truly gone, mm-hmm. but it would have been, you know, I th- interestingly enough, the way that they played out, it still thematically held the way that he was kind of gone for this battle mm-hmm. anyways. And then the stinger of it all is he's, it's not Black Santon and it's not, bad santo in the back to tank it's Cobb Vanth, and you know you got the the mod uh thundercat right is the 
the artist, the artist who's the, yeah, the actor yeah. couldn't, couldn't and, tell you and does he make does well, he make music that came out in the last 15 years couldn't tell you who it is <laughs> well but no i believe those beats that were playing in the mod parlor were actually his yeah, oh, they okay were. so yeah, they were. so that makes a bit more sense and uh yeah just the fact that we're gonna get a modded out sort of yeah. uh half we were saying he needs band. something like but he lost the armor. Like he needs a helmet. Yeah, they made a point armor. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They keep mentioning it. He needs armor. Without his armor, he's gonna get some cool ass armor. That was well. He said in the previous episode that he's been extra careful, which was my favorite yeah. line of the episode. He's been extra careful without the armor. Now he's gonna be modded up in whatever form, and he doesn't need to be as careful now. He can be even more cool. And, you know, he was cool before, but now he can be a little bit more badass, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. like, like there's sort of like a spin they can put on, on an attitude there. So, so are we calling, are we going to call him Mod Vant now instead of Bad? <laughs> oh! I'll see myself out We are now. Amazing. We are now. <laughs> Hashtag Mod Vant. <laughs> yeah, yes. 100%. Coin it, uh, coin it. <laughs> you know, between Cobb Vant and Cad Bane, sort of, I feel like they represent, in a lot of ways, the Clint Eastwood of uh, westerns, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I mentioned the thematic sort of uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sunday Kid moments. But I'm also watching the series of my dad. He mentioned when they're all sort of hunkered down behind the before the speeder shows up with the Freetown, and they're all hunkered down. It was kind of like the Alamo too. Oh, so that yeah. was a cool reference. Yeah, uh, nice. where, they're, where they're all outnumbered. So so that was nice. And then, and then the only thing, yeah, we kind of touched on. We we all knew that the that Din Djarin's new speeder, new N one starfighter, was going to have Grogu sitting in that little back cockpit. And what was he doing? He was like rapping on the window. Yeah, he was, ta- he was tapping to go the little, faster. Little, yeah, tell him to go faster. <laughs> must go faster. Must go faster. He wanted his dad <laughs> to hit the space Nas to go faster. That just I, and and I love I love how he still has the little handle with him and he gives it to Grogu yeah, earlier yeah. in the episode and yeah. it's just it's great it's it's his it's his stuffed animal you know like it's it's mm-hmm. his childhood stuffed animal stuffed teddy bear yeah. kind of idea um and i think that's such a cool little idea i really want grogu to get a outfit upgrade by mando season three he's yeah. going to trip and i'm just very worried about him <laughs> in his outfit currently of just like tripping all over the place give him it's like oh, weird no. Jedi robes with like now the Mandalorian armor <laughs> right, underneath, right? Right. right. <laughs> no. Give him some new clothes. But Give I think like clothes. if if this sort of last two hours that we've been talking about this show is any indication, like you know, we have varying levels of how much we enjoyed the series or this episode overall. But this era of Star Wars, this the content that's coming out now, is rich and full of uh, story and sort of star wars themes and it's just i don't know i am i'm really i'm much more into the disney plus show star wars surprisingly than i am to what they were doing with the movies and Mm -hmm. i'm actually having a lot more fun and enjoying this a lot more and like they're taking a break from the movies i think they're kind of trying to figure out uh which way they want to go with in the movies because i don't think i don't think anyone was really over happy with that overall trilogy uh the last one that disney did well Maybe just yeah, as a trilogy, I'm saying like not not the individual movies you can be happy with. Only Ian is uh, (laughs) happy with them all. Only Ian's happy with from start to finish. Um, Only uh, because I do appreciate the echoes throughout Star Wars. I just think that like like you said, there's there's a lot more room for 
unique stories and yeah. unique adventures, yeah. even if they want to maintain the sort of idea of keep maintaining echoes, there is a lot more room to play around. Yeah, in but I, sure. I, I, yeah. they're they're I playing, think... but they, they in this meantime we had this like Disney Plus stuff, and thankfully it's like really really good and <laughs> really liking it. So it's like. Yeah, just it keep it coming and let, let the movies take their time. Let them take their time with the movies and really think about what they want to do and where they want to take the movie universe and not give us things like Solo and just soulless cash grabs, right? Like, I, that's what I want, and I'm happy with what we're getting. So. Solo-less Solo cash grabs. <laughs> I really do like what they're doing only because I like, I like this type of storytelling format, like, again, because of animation. And I think even in this series in particular, like it really did give me a lot of Clone Wars vibes as far as like how the show was formatted. Because a lot of times in Clone Wars, we were with like Jedi for maybe three episodes. And then all of a sudden the next part we were with like bounty hunters. And then maybe the next three episodes we were with like Venturous. Like, so like I, I didn't mind. I know a lot of people were like, I wish it was all Boba, which makes sense. But I just felt like this was such a, it, it felt very Clone Wars in those formats. Like the first three episodes, four episodes were Boba. Then we kind of got a whole mix of people. And then obviously the finale is everybody together. Yeah. So I was cool. Actually, that's a good point because if I were to recommend anything, and Dave, this is kind of touching on what I was saying or what you were saying about the Clone Wars season seven like watching episodes that can kind of enhance your enjoyment, right? So if you go into even season four and you look at the episodes of Cad Bane and, you know, at the at the time Obi-Wan was disguised as Reiko Hardeen, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that whole like four episode arc and then it, it immediately bleeds into uh, an Asajj Ventress arc with like the Night Sisters and Dathomir. Like all of that is great stuff for Clone Wars and, and it, I think it would it would it would help Cisco sort of uh, having watched those to then revisit this series and kind of see what they're they're now embracing all of Star Wars, not just mm-hmm. like what's happening in the movies and and this and that. So so there's definitely a lot more to enjoy, and then that enhances your overall experience. Yeah, I think, so. and I and I do think too what's really you know like we talked about earlier is that they are trying to like make this kind of Mandoverse, right? They're bringing all these characters establishing them and making them all make sense because it right. works. Right. It does. But, and that's a whole thing. I think a lot of maybe star Wars fans and that are also Marvel fans kind of want like, you know, Marvel connects everything. Why can't star Wars? Well, they're doing that now. Like they're connecting characters and shows together. So like, it's just funny to me when people, when you hear those comments, like, you know, oh, you know why, you know, it's not connected. It's not connected. Well, yeah, it is. It is. It is connected. But then you get the complaints of, well, why is it connected? It should just be all about Boba. I'm like, you can't win. So I just, oh, you can't. You can't please <laughs> everyone, especially on the right. internet. Yeah. Right, 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 right. You can say, I love everyone on Twitter and someone will have a problem with right. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, I, I love what they're doing. I think they're going to continue connecting it. And I'm excited to see how this will connect into Mando Season 3. And then how that's going to connect to the Ahsoka series and how that's going to connect to probably the eventually, I feel, the big series of, like, everybody going after Thrawn. Like, I think that's, like... Oh, yeah. The, I know, that's going to be the I, comic I, book I event. Uh, you know, and, like, in comic yeah, books, you have different is. series and you have the event series. Yeah. 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 I think so Thrawn like, will be the Thanos of the Star Wars galaxy. He should. He needs to be. Is he purple? Um, then, but, yeah. you know... 
before we sort of wrap on this this episode, I would like to ask, what was everyone's favorite? Like, what was each your favorite episodes of Book of Boba Fett? I know Dave's... Uh, I'll go quickly. Yeah. Easily, it's yeah. two. It's two by far. Mine yeah, is so uh, yeah. six. The Luke episode, for sure. Yeah, Yeah, six for me only because of Ahsoka and Luke. Like, that just how much it meant, yeah. meant to me. I think, it, you know, unfortunately for uh, Boba... <laughs> It was um, the return of the Mandalorian, and then it quickly became, um, you know, from the stranger, uh, from the desert comes a stranger. Now, the Luke stuff plays into it heavily, but I also liked the Cobb Vanth versus Cad Bane. I thought that oh, yeah. was like the best intro, we the him. best introduction to a new villain in live action that we've ever so seen. Good. So it was great, and like the tribute. There. They're going to face off again. That's. Exactly. I think he's going to have his own series. I think Vance well, going to have his own series. That, that would be I really epic. Do. He's too big. Yeah, he's also too big of, a, of an actor to well, not why use was, him more. Right. Right. And they love making series on Tatooine. They cannot get enough. So maybe it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> not only that, but like if I was hard on them for not sticking with the Covenant death, if it all means that we're going to get another showdown between them two, where he's not distracted by some dipshit mm-hmm. deputy, I am all down for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hundred percent down right? for that rematch. <laughs> I, I honestly, I think that's exactly what they're going to do. And if if Cat is still alive, if they're both still alive, why wouldn't they make that what happens? You know, maybe it's not his own series. Maybe they are the two or three episodes like Mando was in whatever yeah. the next Mando series. Maybe he's like the offshoot couple of episodes. I'll take it any day. I'll take it. I, you know. Timothy Oliphant plays that character perfectly. Such a good choice for it for that, and I think that uh, he's a standout from, the, yeah. from these last couple. That's why I never, I never believed show. when that when that bartender was like, "Yeah, he was, you know, gunned down in cold blood." I'm like, he's not. See, that's him. where I thought I was like, I got confirmation. Like, oh man, yeah. he's gone. I didn't. Believe it. I didn't <laughs> only because, but I. But I, but I like what you were saying, Dave. I, I. The only reason I thought was because it's. The actor, it's Timothy. Like you're not just gonna use him for it's part of it. Yeah. The, like no, dude, you're gonna get him. You're gonna use him. But he's got to go back for the new season of Justified. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this is this will be the next season of Justified. It's just gonna in be space. on. It's gonna be in space. <laughs> Justified in space. Justified in space. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, just the, justified in space. All I have to say is, if we go back to Tatooine and we don't see Watto, I'm gonna be upset. Like I just. Yeah. Where is he? Yes. What's my guy doing? Is he still? Yeah, I just want to know. It's no big deal. I just want to know. Just, just want to check in. That's it. Just, just a little, a little wellness check. It's like Max Rebo's alive. I know he's alive. Like I, I know he's not dead. Yeah, I didn't see him. So. No one's ever. That dead guy's in got Star Wars. insight. Yeah, right. It's kind of like in comic books. No one's ever dead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. For a generation of people that grew up reading comic books and stuff, none of it bothers us. No, right. no, and, and <laughs> if, if they it. find a legit way to do it, and and yeah. what carries it forward is is entertaining, then okay, we're yeah. good. That's what we just we're watched. Characters. That's what we've been talking about for the last seven weeks. The whole show, right? Boba Fett, it, is that he was supposed to be exactly. dead forever, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. I, mean, I think it works. Right. Yeah, Dave, so you made the point, and then Lauren, you you touched on how it's very Clone Wars, very Dave Filoni. But like, if if anything, this established this idea that you can have a series that kind of totally takes a detour. For a couple episodes at any point in the series and now 
I don't think it's going to be as controversial. I think it's going to be like, oh, yeah, Star Wars. You know what I mean? Just boom. So yeah, so yeah. I'm down for all of it. That's what I'm down for. Yeah, right. for sure. Yep, um, well, Lauren, thank you so much for for being here. This is like, for, first of all, like such a such a perfect episode to, to have you back. Breath of fresh right. air. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, we need it. We need it. Come on. <laughs> Does anybody listen to us? I mean, we need it. Like people can tell. We need it. Got some stale um, air over here. Yeah, we got some stale air. Um, but uh, just as a reminder, where is everyone going to be able to to find your awesome shows? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me back on, guys. I always have fun chatting with you three so i appreciate it um but yeah you guys can follow the galactic podcast on twitter at the galactic pod and we are on apple pod google play spotify all the major platforms go find us listen to us we do recaps of boba fett we've had some other random just topic discussions so yeah go listen to us awesome perfect mike where's everyone keeping up with our uh, shenanigans as they say yeah at day back in on twitter and instagram and the podcast is called Back in My Day, and find it on all the major podcast apps, uh, especially Good Pods. We're, we're really liking Good Pods, so check us out there. Leave us a review and uh, appreciate it. And check out Galactic Podcast, best best Star Wars podcast on the internet. And in, in our opinion, thank you. So, yeah. <laughs> and um, if anyone wants, to, I think we've had this might be our third or second on the main feed. I should know that, but I don't. Um, I'm this will be the third. This will be the third on the main feed, but the other four episodes are on our Patreon page as well. Um, and uh, you know, we have we're, we're we're bolstering our content on there. So all it does is cost you uh, two bucks to to get absolutely everything that we have on there. And uh, thank you to who's already been a part of that and uh, and given us a, a couple bucks. It's like. The fact that anybody pays attention to us at all is already a nice pat on the back. So thank you. And the fact that anyone's tossing us uh, here in Canada a toonie or two is uh, is also a welcome welcome thing as well. So thank you, everyone, for that. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, keep an eye on us. We're coming up next, we're going to have some pretty fun topics coming up and hopefully a few new guests that we're trying to line up as well. And uh, until next time, Ian, Mike, Lauren, thank you very much. We will chat to everybody soon. Take your hoodlum gang with you.